Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and, of course, construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two-spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one-acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over 4,500 square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library. I mean, library, a den, an outdoor lanai. And both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson at greenviewconstruction.com. Or you can call 561-727-5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, They have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric, and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. 
The number again, 561-408-7835. Water cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and we're back. It's been how long, Chris? Uh, five I weeks? I don't know. It was, uh, it, it, I, I had to dust off the equipment, and, um, like, things were in storage. I, it just, you know, it was a while. Yeah. Well, you just heard Chris Kaufman. You're not hearing Simon Clancy because... Because it's, my voice is shot and I can't, I can't do him tonight. Exactly. He's in Croatia right now, so he's trying to, he's trying to, you know, get on the show. Trust me, or not, but he's trying mm-hmm. to get on the show. And if he gets on the show, he gets on the show. If he doesn't get on the show, then he took six weeks off instead of five. <laughs> you know, and and this is not a dig at Croatia. We're not trying to insinuate that they don't have internet there. Uh, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know. He's on, he's on holiday. What do you want? Yeah, he's on holiday. So, as always, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. They've renewed, which is, which is always nice, and which means that, you know, everybody's going to be, you know, freshly shaved for the season. Uh, of course, use promo code 5RSN. You get 20% off your entire order. Another thing, Better's Edge. Have you used Better's Edge yet? Uh, not yet. Has there been anything to bet on? Uh, I guess you could bet on what free agency, like. Well, that was a while ago, man. Well, nothing's really happened, you know, as far as basketball free agency. That's what I mean, like. (laughs) Oh, basketball free agency. You could bet on on Kevin Durant making the, you know, becoming a a heater. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure they don't. I'm sure our listeners don't want us to come back uh, after so long and and like start just talking about the heat but uh but but seriously is that well, we're gonna talk about that, nicola is that, is that gonna, is that, gonna ha- <laughs> is that gonna happen though i mean it, <laughs> maybe the at case, the end the right there. maybe at the end uh, maybe at the end of this show we got plenty to talk about because this, this, okay. this is basically okay. our kickoff show for the season so i have a lot of questions kind of. yeah yeah really it's like it's this is our first show yeah. and that should end the season with when we talk about the Dolphins and the Super Bowl, possibly sometime in February. So, yeah, yeah, this is the first of many shows leading up to that that wonderful show in in February where we talk about the Dolphins having played a, a game in the Super Bowl. So, that's uh, a spoiler. Uh, Better's Edge, B E T T O R edge.com slash five reasons the number five reasons and you get twenty dollars as a sign-up bonus all right that wasn't a necessarily a spoiler i don't think they're going to the super bowl but they can <laughs> okay they can and you know this is the what? first yeah. time 
This is the first time I say this since 1994. You know what? I'm wrong. 2002. <laughs> um, Let's you know, start here. Just, Let's start I just here, find and that then funny. we'll get it. I just find that funny that you think like that that you call that a spoiler. <laughs> like, like you know, folks, we are really trying not to spoil it to you, but uh, we know who's in the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> Pretty much. It's Dolphins Eagles. This is this is you know we have inside sources, <laughs> pretty much, but we'll start there. This is the best roster since two thousand two. Tell me I'm wrong. Overall, the best roster since two thousand two. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean <laughs> it's it's really hard. I mean, it's really hard to I, – I, I try to get myself not distracted by the shiny gem with, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill because, mm-hmm. I mean, at the same time, it, you know, he deserves he deserves the attention he, that he gets. He's, he's one of the few wide receivers in the league that really changes the calculus of what a defense has to do and what defensive players feel like they have to do. Yeah, not um, to interject some, some heat talk, but Eric Spolstra calls that a gravitational pull. Yeah, I mean he's he's one of the he's one of the offensive players in the league that has a gravitational pull, and um, and you could argue, like some have argued, that there's there's actually very few of those um, in, in, in skill positions in the NFL. Like there's guys that obviously eat and and produce and um, you know and and hurt defenses a lot in different ways, um, but. You know, you know, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of them. I think that truly changed the calculus on the defensive side of the ball. It's just they they're going to play their defense and they're going to play the smartest defense based on who they're facing and, and so on and so forth. But they're not going to like go out. Of, it's sort of like you know, just it, it, think of it in a photo. Um, if there's a photo that gets passed around every now and then that shows uh, Calvin Johnson um, in the uh, in the red zone lining up out wide at wide receiver and there's like there's like two guys just lined up on him that's it just like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know like think of that picture think of that think of that like um in a picture in a sort of a metaphorical way applying to um to to Tyreek Hill and that is something that you know that's that's the way he changes uh what a defense does and I, I think there's only there's not actually that many players skill position players that do that in the nfl um and so he's one of them so they have that and in the meantime they have oh by the way jalen waddle had like over 100 catches as a rookie mm-hmm. you know acting like he's oj mcduffie except a he's a rookie and b he was i don't think anybody thought of him that way coming out of alabama he's a a game breaker you know if anything they thought he'd probably be like one of those you know, 60 catch, 1100 yard guys, like, you know, just huge yards per catch and, um, and not very many catches and, you know, just a game breaker type. Um, so, but we know he has that ability because he didn't lose all that. That was, that was what he was at Alabama. Um, and he's fast as all get out, you know, like uh, probably about as fast as Tyreek Hill. And, um, so he has that, we know he has that. Uh, but he's also like a guy that just gets open on every, every route underneath and, and can be the third down guy. And, you know, the OJ McDuffie, Mr. Reliability, like that's, that's so compelling in a player 
And then you add on top of that Tyreek Hill, and then and then you've got still Mike Gesicki. It's not like they got rid of him. We told you that that, you know, hold your horses on that. Everybody assumed it. Everybody assumed that he was gone because he just doesn't, quote unquote, doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not gone. He's still there. Um, gosh, you know, it's, just, it's looking like a pretty good roster on, on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you add, add um, the left tackle, Ar- Teron Armstead. It's, uh, it's pretty, pretty special. And the, and, the, and the entire defense, like, stays, remains. Um, and they were, you know, for the second half of the season, they were probably a top three defense. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully they, they literally have a first half. <laughs> They literally did everything we asked them to do. Like if we were drawing up uh, a ridiculous offseason and well, well, more to me, more, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have asked them to do this, you know? Yeah. I th- I, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually great work. Think about everything they've done. Let's start on the defensive end. Okay. Uh, we, we said, you know what? We kind of like these guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like this, this front seven. Maybe mm-hmm. we could use another linebacker, but you know, I really like these guys. I want them all back. Yeah, all right. of them are back, and not only are are they all back, but they're back and happy. Nick Needham got paid for a year. Yeah, Xavier yeah. Howard got extended. Mm-hmm. Byron Jones is at a more palatable uh, number, and then got some cash on on the front end. So, yeah. yes, like they actually brought all of them back, and and you know some guys get a little bit older, a little bit more mature. Yeah, um, and you would think that Jaylen they would, they would improve. Jalen Phillips is getting more mature. Um, yeah. And then we sat here and we said, you know what? They could use like a, you know, a veteran presence uh, probably at the edge. So then they could use Jalen Phillips inside and they could use mm-hmm. Ogba in three technique. And they go out and they get Melvin Ingram, the exact guy we wanted. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's an yeah, ad right there. Yeah. You can't complain. Like they pulled off everything we wanted them to do on the defensive end. And then we thought we all thought the offense was garbage. We didn't like the running back room. So what do they do? Uh, new running back room. Uh, how's this? they replaced it? They replaced it. Finally, <laughs> they replaced finally, it comple- they... completely. Yes. Yeah. A completely um, new running back room. Okay. Yeah, and 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 it, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because obviously this is the new system. This is the wide zone system. It's um. <laughs> It's very, you know, uh, it's it's probably the last. I think I've called it the last do- denominational offense uh, left in the NFL nowadays because it is like a, it is almost like a religious denomination. This um this wide zone system, and the way that it's grown and the 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 various offshoots of it and the coaches that come from the system and they all they all kind of sprout from the Shanahan's and and kind of gravitate around them. Um, we have that system and we're, we're going to see how these running backs, you know, whether it be Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, um, see how they, uh, how they adapt to the system. Are they, the system as it's shaping up in Miami, they've run, they've run that side of, sort of wide zone before. Um, it's going to be ex- pretty exciting to see how, how the guys uh, adapt to that. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the narrative goes, well, everybody else also got better. But, you know, everybody got better inside of the AFC West, really. I think Buffalo retooled a bit, and I kind of like what they did this offseason. I think that their wide receiver core is better now than it was before because I think Gabe, Gabe Davis is – he's turning into something. You know what I mean? Hey. Well, so, is, is it better? I, I thought the wide receiver group was pretty good before. 
you know? Yeah, but Jamison Crowder over Cole Beasley. Is that right? Or would you take Cole Beasley? I think I would take Cole Beasley. Really? I, I, listen, I like Jamison Crowder. I do. I, I liked him coming out um, of Duke a lot, you know? Um, but, I mean, I, I, can't shake, I can't shake it that Cole Beasley was, you know, was and is sort of a, an underrated guy. Oh, um, make no mistake. He beat us game two last year. Yeah, it was him. I mean, because that game was in doubt and tight in the third quarter when he started catching everything on Nick Needham. Yep. So, so yeah, uh, he made a difference last year. It, it it is, and and so Isaiah, they kept you know they keep Isaiah McKenzie, and I, and for some reason, he was like the guy that Dolphins fans universally had a hard on for in free agency. I think um, great barbecue place, like, like three yeah. blocks away from my house. <laughs> and 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 then they and then we get Tyree Kill instead. So I, I think that worked out. But um, but I mean, like you know, Isaiah McKenzie, they keep him, and um, they still have Stephon Diggs. Obviously, Gabe Davis, as you said, is a is a pretty good talent. Jamison Crowder, they have Tavon Austin. It's hard to sell and say how that's going to really shake out. Um, but uh, or if it will at all, you know, he might be a guy that just doesn't even survive training camp. Um. Yeah, it's a good it's a good wide receivers unit, but I I happen to have a lot of respect I think for Cole Beasley what he does on the field anyway, um, and I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see if this you know Emmanuel Sanders as well. Let's not forget him. He was you know I, I saw a tweet the other day that really got at this, and it was something mm. like um, you know we got to stop pretending that the guys in front of Gabe Davis, like Cole Beasley and, um, and Emmanuel Sanders were just, were just like no talent assholes or something. Um, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders has always been good. Yeah. I mean, these guys, these guys are very good. They get open. That's what Stefan Diggs does. I mean, he just gets open. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, it's going to be interesting to see whether this is two new parts, uh, two or two big parts of that are gone. And uh, Beasley and Sanders, they're the three biggest pass catchers for them were Diggs, Beasley, and Sanders in that order. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Um, but it's it's a lot more change than I think people think it is. Yeah, and they, you know, they meaning Bills Mafia, Bills fans, didn't like their running back room all that great. So what did they do? They brought it all back. They added Duke Johnson. Okay, and I think Duke Johnson joined them in in a huff because he took the same amount of money that we were dangling out there. But I guess he didn't like that. That maybe we pulled the offer when we had we had our new head coach. That's a possibility. I think that is a possibility. Um, I don't know. And and he got pissed off and went to Buffalo. But if you look at the depth chart, you know James Cook is over there. They drafted James Cook, and yes, I understand he looks like he's is in hostage. Uh, he's a hostage every time that they show him, but you know, supposedly that's the way he is. He's a very quiet guy. So you got to think that they have a running back room that's improved and mm-hmm. their big move was to try to shore up that offensive line. If you talk to bills fans, they think that their offensive line was just as bad as ours last year, yeah, which, which is weird, which is weird. And I find it hard to believe, but they believe that yeah. across the board. Now it's Deion Dawkins. Roger Saffold is a nice signing. Mitch Morse, Ryan Bates, Spencer Brown. They also signed Greg Mance, by the way. He's their backup center. 
Okay. Yeah, man. They, they got our guy. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you can borrow uh, one of the uh, borrow from the talent of the Miami Dolphins offensive line, you know, you, you know, you're winning. But I think that this is where we could make the, the, Hey, uh, on, on their defensive side of, of the ball. Yeah. They added Val Miller. Okay. He has to go up against Toronto Armstead. All right. So I feel pretty good about that. Where I don't feel pretty good about, you know, what they've done on the defensive side of the ball is that they returned everybody and they get Tredavious White healthy once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the number one defense in the NFL, by the way, last year, until it did yeah. fall apart. Right. Okay. Toward the end of the season, uh, they added Shaq Lawson. He's the new right defensive end. I think he's a good player. He was a good player for us that one year. Well, he was a good player for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, Greg Rousseau is being counted on to to do big things as a left defensive end. They have they have talent on the front seven. Matt Milano is a guy that I've always liked. Tremaine Edwin Edmonds is a guy that Simon doesn't like. I don't know what you think about him, but every time I see him, he makes plays. He did look like a clown against the, the Patriots on national television, and that's part of the problem, you know? When you look bad on national TV, you know, everybody says, you know, uh, he's just not good enough. Well, he returns yeah. for another year as the middle linebacker. And they signed the punt god. This team is improved. But if we're going to get to where we got to go, don't we have to beat them? Or is We have to go through them 100%. Right. There's no, way, uh, there's no way around it. You can't lose two games and call yourself a championship contender, which means you would have to what, avoid them. Because there's no way around it. You lose two games to the Bills, there's no way you're winning the division. Mm -hmm. Right? You know what I wonder about is um, you mentioned Von Miller. And um, and the thing that I wonder about with him is, uh, is, is he becoming sort of a playoff player? You know, like, Mm -hmm. like regular season, regular season is going to be, you know, kind of lackluster. And then, and then he saves it all for the playoffs. Like, that's kind of my perception, rightly or wrongly, of, of him, you know, just seeing the way that he turned it on with the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder, you know, because the Bills, they're, I mean, they're, it's, it's fine for them to think, you know, well, we're a really good team. The playoffs is exactly where we need them. Um, but, you know, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about whether – you know, who emerges out of the AFC East, whether it be Buffalo or Miami or, you know, possibly both or, um, and New England will have something to say about that as well. Um, I don't know. It's, I'll just say that, uh, like, I'm glad that, I'm glad that we probably wouldn't end up playing them. You probably don't end up playing, playing the team in your division in the playoffs unless you go deep in the playoffs. Um, and our last game of the year is week 15. So it's not, you know, there's three games after that. So, um, we're not going to see Von Miller in sort of a playoff mode unless we probably go to the AFC championship against one another or something like that. Yeah. But I, but you, you, you agree with me, right? If you lose twice to them, you're not championship ready yet. You got to split with them. It's time. It's been too long. Well, if you if you lose twice to them, then you uh, you better make sure you win the third time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that'd be a hell of a time to break the streak, right? But you got to think that you know this build has two seasons already under its belt of competent football. Okay, ten and six, mm-hmm. and then nine and eight. So that's two years of pretty much this core 
most of this core at least although yeah i understand there's a lot of you know a lot of changes on this year's team but most mm. of this core was there two was there mm. uh, you know waddle was there for one of the seasons uh most of the defense was there and that matters against the bills because they faced josh allen four times four four games four times kind of played well at home last year and then they got they got their doors absolutely blown off in the second quarter and then third quarter it just became a laugher and the offense was absolutely incompetent second game in buffalo was rather interesting that thing got into the fourth quarter tight and then josh allen did some josh allen things and they won by two scores so are they getting closer but it's time because it's yeah, I'm not going to saddle any Adam Gase losses on this build, but this build so far is 0-4 against the Bills. Getting better, getting closer. But I don't, I don't think you get points for getting closer. But they no, got to no, win. No, no, they, really. Like, this build is a failure if you get swept by the Bills again this year. You know, it's funny, though, because I, I just mentioned, you know, if you, if you lose twice to them, you better make sure you win the third time. <laughs> um, you know, because – that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened with the Super Bowl winners uh, this mm-hmm. year. Um, you know the true story: the Saint or the Saint Louis, <laughs> the, the the Rams, the LA Rams, were zero and four in their last four games against the San Francisco 49ers in inside their division. Um, and then they played them in the playoffs, and they won, and they went to the Super Bowl and beat, and and won the Super Bowl. They played them in the NFC Championship game. And, and they won the most important one. So, you know, yeah, I know it seems the Bills are insurmountable. And, of course, we're going to put pressure on them uh, again to say, you know, hey, if you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't walk away from those two games with at least one victory, then just go home. You're, you're pretenders. You're stupid. You know, stuff like that. But, I mean, that's literally what just happened last year in the Super Bowl or with the Super Bowl winner. So, um, you know. Keep that in mind. Yeah, we're going to get into some strengths and weaknesses uh, pretty here, pretty soon here. But first, let, let me say this. Um, what do you think the – because I've struggled with this. I don't know what the personality of this team is because I know what the personality on defense is. The personality on defense is get to the quarterback, turn them over. Get to the quarterback, turn them over. You do that enough times in a game, you, you, you should win. Okay. Now, if the offense doesn't turn it over and they run the ball successfully all year, then I guess that's one personality. But I don't know what that personality on offense is really going to be. So I don't know what personality this this team is going to take. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess you got to see it the first few weeks because, you know, they start off with, again, against some playoff contenders right away. But what personality do you think this team is going to take? This season? I think it's going to be I think it's going to be really interesting because, um, you know, it's it's it would have been easy before the off before the free agency started and the fireworks began this would have been a a very easy answer you know you're you're pulling in mike mcdaniel the run game coordinator from san francisco the run game coordinator of you know the as i said like the last denominational um run game system in in the nfl um and you know, it's very, it's very dogmatic that, that, that run, that run system. And, and then you're adding, you know, guys like Frank Smith and, um, and all the, all these, this, these people that are blocking specialists, run game specialists, stuff like that. It, 
pretty easy to see where that's going, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 it happens to be exactly what we think that you know our quarterbacks, our quarterback to a tongue of Iloa probably needs most. What our quarterback even before him, what Ryan Tannehill would have needed most out, of, you know, from from the Dolphins to be to be to be really well surrounded as we're seeing in Tennessee with him, um, because he has been spectacular as they've um, they've done what we never could mm-hmm. um, in terms of in terms of surrounding him with the the type of offense in which he thrives. Um, seemed like seemed like good fit. Um, and then they go out and they're they're like, oh yeah, not only are we keeping Mike Gesicki. You know, and obviously we've got Jalen Waddle. Um, we're going to trade for Tyreek Hill, one of the, you know, probably three best skill players in the NFL. Um, and we're also, we're not done there. We're going to sign Cedric Wilson too, you know, who's, he's got a fairly big contract and is, um, is a pretty good player. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's what we're going to do on offense. Oh, and then, and then one of the few draft picks we have, is going to be on a wider series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> um, so now we're confused. <laughs> we're like, what what exactly are they going to be? What are they going to do? Um, and and it's just, it's wait and find out. It really is. Uh, what I will say is, you know, talking to a coach um, is, is the Sean, uh, or sorry, the Kyle uh, Shanahan um system is so very game plan oriented uh you know specific game plans against specific teams um that it's going to be you know it's gonna it it could be one thing one week and and the other thing the other week it really it really could be and i know that 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 could set a lot um with a lot of offenses but you know this is um this is one that where it's the game plan is going to be extremely important like you know I, i had a coach just telling me or um like exclaiming to me he's like dude go watch this game i mean they ran they ran power like you know they ran power like 12 times against this against this team like you know for as much as we're like oh it's wide zone it's wide zone it's like no they ran power against this uh, against the jaguars like 12 times or something like that Mm. um you, you know so so i think it is going to be week to week and whatever they think is going to work against the defense um, which we've heard before. And so it's, I think Dolphins fans out there probably have a right to, to be a bit skeptical when they hear things like that. But, um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's important to remember that because you're going to be like, what's their identity. And, and it really could switch from week to week. Yeah. And one thing that the NFL teams, and this is something that we're going to get deeper into as, as, as soon as we start seeing some preseason games and some, some practices so we kind of get an idea of what they're trying to do but most teams trying to defeat wide zone with alignment and then it's really up to the quarterback uh do you know if Tua has any well obviously if he has if he has experience in the rpo he can you know he can orchestrate a running game because he's gonna have to do a lot of checks on the on the line in this type of system i would say yeah. Um, and, and that's, he's going to have to bone up on that and it's going to be, diff- it's going to be different language. So I hope, you know, you hope that he's up to that task because mm. everybody, everybody talks about Tom, you know, Tom Brady talked about like when he went to the new system, like he it's like, what is it, week 12 and he's, he's barely getting a grasp on the language now. 
um, or, or of, of the new system and barely getting a grasp on the offense and, and everybody just like scoffs and it's like, Oh, but that's Tom Brady, you know, but you know, it's a, re- it's a real thing. Um, so we'll have to see if uh, Tua is up to that task right away or if it takes some time or, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's going it, to, but the thing is, this is why they got, for example, Connor Williams and they're putting him at center. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, they need they need more help out of the center, I think, than um, than they did in previous iterations of the uh, of the Miami Dolphins offense. I think that they I think it's important um, to them, and that's why Connor Williams is there. It's not just his mobility that is attractive to them with the needs that they have in wide zone. And it's a, it's a nice fit, and I agree. But um, you know that's that's not one of the key cogs that um, that Kyle Shanahan talked about in this offense. Uh, when he when he was talking to um, Brian Hoyer back in Cleveland about the the specific things that he needs, you know, it wasn't a mobile center. It wasn't a you know a, a center that can get to reach blocks. It was a he needed a cerebral quote unquote a cerebral center. Mm-hmm. That was um, that was the bigger need. That was why Alex Mack was such a good fit for them um, in San Francisco. But, um, so I think they needed that. I think that's why, that's why Connor, Connor Williams is there as much as his mobility. Um, so, and then, and what does that, what does that mean for Tua? Well, it means that the idea is, is that Tua is not the only one up, up there, you know what I mean? Making, yeah. making, making all those checks and, and making sure that everybody's on board with one another. So, um, so yes, it is important, but at the same time, they might be providing some help. Yeah, you know what's also interesting as I looked at the the roster once again uh, last year, guys that had the C on their chest before on offense, it was none really. Mm. Now they have. Okay, fine. We'll count Teddy Bridgewater, but if you don't count Teddy Bridgewater, they have one, two. Three, four, five guys that had the C on their chest before on offense yeah. when they had none last year. I think that it's has important. to make a difference, right? It's important. It's very important. Um, and, you know, I know everybody's going to say And by the way, if you're important. asking me who those guys are, uh, it's Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. uh, Alec Ingold. Yeah, he was the captain of the, the Raiders last year. Teron Armstead and Connor Williams. So and, and yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, the backup quarterback, and Teddy Bridgewater. So you can make it six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And let's be real Tua should have had a C on his chest last year, but you know. yeah, he should have. I mean, let's be honest, but, um, but I, I think there were reasons and there maybe they're not the yeah, reasons the football reasons. Let's uh, like, like remember what yeah. uh, I forgot who said basketball reasons once, but yeah, yeah football reasons. Okay. Let's, football just reasons. Say, let's just say it was football reasons, but I yeah, think that has but- to make a difference, man. It, it, it does make a difference. I mean, but this is, this is this. So what, how has the offense changed? That's the big question that everybody is going to, going to wonder. Um, and I, I, we saw a big exploration in Simon's um, magazine, gridiron magazine, um, writing about the Miami dolphins and to a tongue of Iloa, his strengths and the conundrum really of, you know, mixing and matching two things two offenses that that don't really seem to match or mix that well which is this wide zone attack with the rpo i mean if you look at how much um how much they used rpo in in san francisco how much kyle shanahan uses it's not not much 
<laughs> you know, um, and and there's uh, there are there are questions about you know how how these things are going to mesh together. By the way, I would I would say look to Green Bay where um, mm-hmm. Lafleur Lafleur has has run one of the most RPO heavy offenses in the NFL, even though he has the same exact you know history as Mike McDaniel as far as what offenses they've been part of um, in their in their careers. So that's another thing altogether but what's this going to look like what's the change i think the change here is that the um this this offense is going to be one where um it's it's a lot of different plays out of the um out of the same look mm-hmm. you know um they're trying to give they're trying to give the same look and feel to a lot of different plays uh and you know this is the basis of play action essentially but um but it's it's a, it's a whole variety of different plays. They're trying to give the same the same look and feel to a lot of, a wide number of plays, uh, and what they're trying to do that way is to set defenses up that way. Um, you know they will they will run. Uh, you know Kyle, I think Kyle Shanahan has talked about like they've run, um, and a coach was pointing this out to me. Um, it's like they've run certain plays early in the game just because they want to see one single linebacker you know how he's going how he's going to fit this particular play this particular look and um and now you know and that's that's just so that they can gash him the next time you know um and and it's all about giving a lot of the same looks just to 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 do something else and i think that one of the keys for that is all of these guys hanging out in the same look, they have to be able to ID things and on the defensive side of the ball and have a great feel for um, for how to uh, how to to change the play the next time um, in order to in order to to gash the defense for a big game. Uh, and so, you know, how is that different from Miami? I think Miami was a team last year and in the previous iterations of the, this offense where. Um, they weren't going to, they, they were very decisive about who their players were and what they could do and what they could not do. And, uh, and so what that meant is, you know, everybody says, oh, well, you know, coach has, coaches have to adapt their system to the players and, you know, so, and so, well, they did, but the downside to adapting your system to the players and, and not asking them to do things that, you know, not asking a square peg to fit in a round hole is that 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 helps the defense get a beat on what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. that gives the defense more tendencies to key on. It gives them more um, personnel groupings to be suspicious of. I mean, if you're if you're passing the ball 80% of the time, Mike Gesicki's on the field, for example, or something like that, which I don't know if that, that number's not necessarily accurate. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, then, you know, that, that, that constitutes a tendency that, um, that the defense can, can key on. But there's a lot of those. And if you're putting guys in very specific positions um, to, you know, you're on the field to do a thing, then the defense is smart enough to say, well, he's on the field to do a thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and so they, that can, the downside to, I, Hey, I adapt the system to my players. I don't ask them to do things that they, that they're not good at doing. The downside of that is, well, the, Thank, the defense is like, thank you. <laughs> you know, now I know what's coming. And, um, and so I think that this is, this offense is on a different side of the spectrum as far as, um, you know, as I said, it's like a dogmatic system there. There's some things that they need. They're going to run, they're going to run their thing. 
mm-hmm. they need our players to learn and, and, and adapt to it. Um, but it's, it's very much focused on being able to run a bunch of different stuff out of the same looks um, and keep the defense guessing, just never really knowing what to expect. That's what it's based on. Yeah. And on that front, as far as keeping the defense guessing, I, I, I went on a show and, and I was asked, you know, uh, you know, what would you, what would you expect of, of Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle, especially of, of how they would be used. And, and I said, I can almost guarantee that one of Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle will be in motion every single snap, almost all season. And that's a good thing. So you would hope so. Uh, You would hope so. Right. And I mean, it just seems, it just seems so obvious with their speed. Right. Yeah. So if you have the defense thinking about one of those two on every Mm -hmm. single play, and every time you put a guy in motion, they got to readjust, they got to readjust their their coverage and they got to readjust where the safeties are going to line up. And that helps to get some some cues on you know what could be open when, on mm-hmm. this play that has that has been called. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would expect, you know, we started talking about this as far as their personality, and I haven't decided yet. I got to wait to to training camp to to give an idea. But I would not be surprised if this the personality of this offense and of of this team is exactly how it was designed to play almost two years ago which was yeah. grab a two-score lead, and then, sorry, you can't catch up because our defense is just after your quarterback and you're turning it over. Simple as that. It's, uh, I think this team is meant to be a front-runner. I, I really believe that. It's not, I don't think it's a grinded-out team. This is not the 2002 Dolphins. They're not going to beat you up by the fourth quarter. I think they're yeah. just going to get out ahead and just stay there. Yeah, and we'll just have to see if it plays out like that. I mean, every offense is going to have a life of its own, and they're going to establish what they are as the season goes on, um, if if at all. There could be no rhyme or reason to it. But I mean, we we did sort of see the establishment of this thing. It was weird, but it was pretty, it seemed pretty consistent, where the offense would um, under two uh, would be good on that first drive, and they'd go down the, the field and they'd score a touchdown. You know, and um, I guess and, everybody, and, by the way, yeah, and and. <laughs> And they would um, they do that and then just be completely absent for like two or three more quarters after that first drive. <laughs> you know, it's like they, they did that. They do that first drive. They get a touchdown and then they're they're completely gone for uh, until toward the end of the third quarter. Yeah. Do you remember the second and then game into the fourth quarter? Like, you remember the second game against Buffalo? Yeah. You do, mm. you do remember that that game was zero zero for like three quarters, right? Yeah, yeah. You remember how that game started with with Tua just slinging it all over the lot, and we were just driving right down the field. Remember? Yep, yep. And then we had the you know calamity hit. <laughs> yeah, calamity hits but... inside the twenty. But yeah, I, when I was watching that, I was like, oh, I, I was that meme. You, have you ever seen that meme of I think it's Rand Paul that it says it's happening? Oh, it's happening. Yeah, this is our game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the way I felt. You know, watching. Yeah, yeah. But then I was re- then I realized. They just do this every game. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, they're the they, greatest they show do. on turf. They, they did. And, and, but we're, we're changing to a completely new offense. So does that change? Um, are we, you know, do, does the identity of that, was that related to the personnel? Was that related to Tua? Was that related to, um, you know, just the, the offense that Chan Gailey was establishing that, um, that George Gotzi, um, and Charlie Fry and all them took over. Um, 
or is that you know is that personnel based we'll, we'll find out i i don't know but i i suspect i suspect that it's I suspect you're right. Um, I suspect that they're going to try to throw some fireworks out there um, toward the beginning. The only thing about that is that I just know, I just know this, this offense um, so well, you know, cause I keep hearing about it, you know, and I have, I have several coaches, um, you know, that, that talk about this offense that are friends of mine. And it's so much about setting a defense up. It really is. You know, it, it's, it's so much about like, Hey, I'm going to call a play. I'm not, I'm going to call a play and I'm not really even sure how the defense is going to play this. Um, and whether it might end up being a, a really terrible result um, or not a terrible result, but you know, it's just not going to work. There's a good chance that this is just not going to work and they're going to call it anyway, though, because they're they're Like I said, there's like a specific linebacker who's, who, who's fit and they want to ID- identify and um for future future plays and so i think because of the way that this offense is like that um it's very possible that it's uh it's one that starts out a little bit slow more slowly even though you think that the team is built to get out to the lead and then and then play defense um especially in its first year with everybody on the offense still trying to you know learn it and and grow into what they're going to be it wouldn't surprise me if that's the struggle you know Mm -hmm. yeah so we'll get into what what wild success looks like right now i think we both agree right you agree with me right this is the best roster since 2002 like i can't find one better yeah i hate to put a you know a year on it but i mean but it's been since um since then you know, getting Tyreek Hill is as big of an acquisition in its own way as as the Ricky Williams acquisition, and I think that's yeah. the, that's the comparison to me. Um, and it was you know that's what makes it a strong comparison. Yeah, and I still um, maintain I still maintain that that 2002 team was the one of the biggest failures. That one in 1994, two of the biggest failures in Dolphins history. Those those two rosters were absolutely jam packed, loaded. Okay, and actually played well. Okay, the 1994 team went to the divisional round, lost by missing a field goal that would have won it and sent them to the AFC championship game against a team that they had massacred later earlier in the season. So you could, you, you know, you could do you could do the math there. Two plus two probably lands them in the Super Bowl. But the 2002 team, you know, I'm sorry, man, you're top two. You have the rushing champion and you're top two in defense. Uh, that uh, you know, and with two weeks left in the season, you're the one seat. <laughs> okay, and, and you know, back then, keep in mind, this was um, Chris Chambers's rookie year was 2001, and um, and Chambers had a hell of a rookie year, wasn't he? Um, wasn't he in, in line for rookie of the year? Yeah, um, and uh, and so he had a big um, what is almost 900 yards, seven touchdowns as a rookie, which you know numbers were different back in 2001 than they are in 2021. Um, but, uh, but I think that uh, heading into that second year, it was just like, no, oh, no, no. Cause Alf, you're doing them an injustice because it's not just about, you know, it's not just about, Hey, we've got Ricky Williams and this great running attack. It's all, we've also got Norv Turner calling, you know, Norv Tur- Turner being a very um, proven coach. No. And that offensive um, line was great. Yeah, and the offense with with a good offensive line, you got Norm Tur- Norm Turner calling uh, f- an offense 
for Ricky Williams plus Chris Chambers, who was like a rookie of the year type. And Randy McMichael, who was good. And Randy McMichael. And Randy McMichael. And you still got, you know, Rhonda Gadsden. You still got, um, uh, you know, back then we had James McKnight, but um, that, you know, probably not worth mentioning. Um, Chris Carter was on that team, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. He dropped he dropped the game winner against the, the Vikings in the end zone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Don't remind just, me. Just, just so just so we're clear here <laughs> about, yeah, that you know. 2002 team was insane it was as talented as you can get they blow and, a and you know in keep Minnesota. in mind and you know keep in mind though before you say that like you know the chris carter thing it's like kind of laughable to us right you know uh-huh. because we know that what he did he only played in like five games and you know and, and did like nothing and dropped the, the touchdown but when they the signed him but when it they was, it was built like him, they they got the 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 icing on the Super Bowl cake. <laughs> it's it's I mean he was he was one season removed from having like a 1300 yard year in Minnesota. Yes. Right? I mean like in 2000 he had a 1300 yard year. And then the previous year he uh he only had a 900 yard year um in in Minnesota. And so like, you know, getting him in Miami was like this thing. It really was. Yeah, it, know, it, was it was the was... Brian it was the Brian Windhorse meme. I don't know if you've seen it. Everybody's yeah. everybody's running it into the ground, by the way. And yeah, you know, right. I had to get one out there, you know, just yeah. to you know, just to make sure I, I got in on the fun. Right. But it was the Brian Windhorse meme. meme. Uh-huh. You know, they have the number one uh, r- running game. They have Chris Chambers, they have Randy McMichaels, and now they have Chris Carter. <laughs> and now they have Chris Carter and they have, you know, so, so they got Ricky Williams and, and, and that, and then Chris Chambers like was a rookie of the year type. And now he's heading into his second year. And Oh, by the way, we got Randy McMichaels really good tight end at, at that time. Um, and, uh, and, and still Rondé Gaston is there, you know, good old Rondé, you know, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he, you know, he can't do a whole lot, but you know what he can do and he's good at what he can do. Right. Um, and he himself, you know, was, it's not as if he had done nothing in 2001, he had 700 yards and, um, you know, the year before that he had like six touchdowns and 800 yards. I mean, so we we kind of we tend to think about that it's all about the run game and Ricky Williams and what they had in 2002 and it yeah. was like it was so much more to be it was so much more to be optimistic about than just that too it was supposed to be about the passing game too i will never forget Fiedler's, i was even at if jay fiedler's the quarterback yeah with two games to go they played a, a showdown game if you remember at home against the raiders the winner got the one seed with two weeks to go remember they beat the Raiders after Patrick Sertan intercepts uh, Rich Gannon, uh, another <laughs> blast from the past, mm-hmm. right? And then, of course, you know, you have the, the collapse in Minnesota, which they mm-hmm. should have won, okay? Yeah. And lost then, by a field goal. Yeah, they lost by a field goal. And then, of course, you know, they're up 11 points with four minutes left against New England. And Ricky Williams, if I'm not, if I'm incorrect, ran for like 180 yards against them. Let me let me actually look uh, it up. I, I've got that. I've got that up right now. Um, he ran for 185. <laughs> How many carries? 31. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And by the way, Chris Chambers. Chris Chambers ran for another 59 on three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh God. Okay, and that was for the division title and a bye week. By the way. Oh, and it's not like Tom Brady just like threw it all over us or something. He was like, he had like 220 yards and one touchdown, one interception. I mean, it's not like, 
not like this was before he was like Tom terrific, <laughs> you know, this, yeah, this was, this was game manager, Tom, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, they fall apart. But going into that season, if you remember, they were on the cover of sports illustrated. Uh, a lot of people were picking them to, to make the super bowl because of that roster. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I'm telling you right now, as soon as Patrick Sertan intercepted uh, Rich Gannon and we left that stadium, I left, I had my wife next to me. Uh, we were mm-hmm. just dating at the time. And I looked over to her and she looked over to me and she's a dolphin fan. And she, and she's like, are they super bowl good? And I'm like, okay. yes, that yeah, this team is going to super bowl. <laughs> like this the team, offense. Was... Yeah. There's yeah. no doubt about it. This de- this team is going to the super bowl. So I, do you agree with me? This, this is it, okay. But, but let, let's go through that team real quick because the, this deserves mention because you say the offensive line was good, but remember it was like, remember how good it was. Like it was so Mark Dixon, who by the way was like an all pro left guard, but like they had him at left tackle. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was okay for us at that time. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, a tragic thing. at left Mark Dixon at could, play, could have played quarterback if you had, if you right. Had. Exactly. And, and because, and the reason he was there at left tackle is because they had Jamie nails at left guard. And we all remember what, what kind of guard he was for, for the dolphins. Uh, Tim Wrighty was still at center old, old Mr. Dependable. Um, and Todd Perry at right guard and Todd Wade at right tackle, you know, but Todd Wade was one of the better right tackles that we've had. Yes. He was, he was highly them. paid at that time. They, yeah. they paid and, him a lot of money too. And on defense, you know, that was back in the heyday of Ottawale and Gunley and uh, Jason Taylor, you know, Tim Bones and uh, Larry Chester in the middle, Derek Rogers, uh, Zach Thomas, of course, Moreland Greenwood. Um, then Sertan Madison, we all know about them. This is Ben Brock Marion still there. You know, Brock Marion seemed like he was going to leave for somewhere else in free agency every single year. And then like, nobody would call him and the dolphins would call him and be like, you know, Hey, you need a job. Um, <laughs> and so, so he was back that year. He made a pro bowl that year. Uh, Arturo Freeman. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a team, man. Um, so yeah, you, I think you're right. I think you're right. Like in as much as you're right, you'd have to go back that far to like find a, a roster a you know, really great dolphins roster um, heading into the year that, that you by all means are like, you know, this, this team should go somewhere. Um, yeah. Like last, I think year, a lot of people are saying that about this, this roster. Yeah. Like last year I was prepared to fist pump if they made the playoffs this year, it's going to be hard yeah. not to fist pump if they win a playoff game. But the fifth I, I needed, and the high I needed fives. a playoff win last year. I didn't just need a playoff appearance. Okay. I needed a playoff win last year. That was my that was my standard. I and think this year you get you do the fist pumps and the high fives. If they play for a title, if they're in the AFC championship game, and I'm willing yeah, right. to go there, and I'm one of those people that yes, uh, when the Heat plays in the Eastern Conference Finals, yes, guess what? They're playing for a championship. Like that matters. Like making the finals, making the Super Bowl matters to me. Yeah. If they're in the AFC Championship game and they get killed, okay, you know, I'll it. you know I'll shake everybody's hands. We'll do some high fives. Let's toast the season. This was mm-hmm. a successful six months, seven months that we spent here talking about them. Sure. Other than that, you know, we got to start evaluating. But right. it's in them. It's a possibility. I'm just saying this is the first time in 20 years that this team has the possibility of getting on one of those, you know, magic roller coaster rides. You know what I mean? I yeah, think right. so. I, I, I think so. What I'm, I, like I said, I expected a playoff win last year. That was, that was the time, the type of team I thought they had 
the type of ability that they, that they had. We just didn't um, know that this team was actually an internal mess. Yeah, it was. And um, I mean, it was, it was being hinted at us for, or it was being hinted at me for a long time, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I refuse to believe it. Um, it just didn't, it's not, a, you know, some people you're just like, ah, oh, that's, you know, it's just gripes. It's just, it's just gripes. You know, it's just, yeah. You don't it's, win enough. It's normal. It's happened. normal team bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's normal team bullshit. You know that sort of thing. You can't get it. But um, but I mean, if you look at the team, uh, I expected a playoff win, and I'm not just because they didn't get there and they went nine and eight, um, and they didn't make the playoffs. You know, I'm not ready to throw that out. You know, you know what I mean? Because mm. they did still they finished. You know, I'm not ready to reset it and be like, you know, oh, okay, so so I shouldn't have had such high expectations of the last year. Now they got to win one playoff game this year. No, actually, I, I want to. I'm building off of what my expectation were was last year because even though they didn't get there, you know, that final uh, season stretch where they they went, um, what is it, uh, eight and one to finish mm-hmm. the year, showed me that they could have been and should have been there you know and and yeah there was a bunch of bullshit about you know to his injuries and not playing in the raiders game the colts game um you know and the fake benching probably lost uh, <laughs> anyway but um the, the weirdness around the endings of both the jags games and the button the falcons games um you know that yeah the the benching and, and so on and so forth um the sort of de facto benching that was happening um <laughs> yeah so yeah, I mean the passive aggressive, that, the passive aggressive eighteen holes shot in the morning of a of a of a right. of a Thursday night football game. Sure, I mean yeah, but the team was a mess. Despite this, so despite them not falling short of it, I I still think they should have they should have made good on that. That's where they that's still where they were in this arc in this story arc. Um, it, it still should have been where. So I'm still building off of that. I'm not resetting it. So I'm saying like, yeah, they should have gotten one playoff win last year, this year, they need two, you know, and, and two gets them probably two gets them in the AFC championship. Right. Yeah. Um, even if they're a wild card, they, they win the wild card in the divisional rounds, they get in the AFC championship. They need two. they need two wins, um, two playoff wins this year. And, and that's, that's going to be, and if they don't get there, you know, we, we've got to, take hard looks at the reasons why. Um, and so, you know, could be, it could just be, and, and the answer to that could, it doesn't, everybody's going to say, well, that means getting rent to it. And it's like, well, that, he's not the only, he's not the only reason. The reason why it could be understandable. It could be like, Hey, you, you try to establish a whole new system with a whole new language. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just wasn't there in the first six weeks, the way that it was in the, in the, in the final eight weeks. <laughs> um, and and that that could very well be. I mean, it's just one of those unfortunate things. Nobody wants nobody wants to hear that, and nobody wants to deal with that. But you know, it's a, it's it's a fact of life. Um, so that could be the answer uh, as to why they didn't get where they got. But I still, this is this is what I expect. This is what they're built for. Yeah, and I guess on the way out here, I guess we could just talk about you know what what should be the Achilles heel of this team. I think it's it's universal. Everybody agrees. As far you know, very quickly, the strength. What do you think the strength of this team is? Because I think it's that defensive line. I think this is as good a defensive line as they've had in a long time. And I think Christian Wilkins is ready to take that that next step where he starts getting talked about on the Tuesday afternoon shows. And, you know, he becomes a household name. He becomes the London Fletcher type, Christian Wilkins. So 
I really love this defensive line. I think that's the strength of the team. What do you think mm-hmm. is the strength of the team? How can you? I, uh, well, of, of the whole team, um, mm-hmm. boy, that's that's difficult. It's hard to find. It's hard to find a unit anywhere on the team, even including. Well, I mean, with Byron, with still with Byron Jones and uh, and Xavier Howard and Nick Needham. I'm still looking at the wide receivers and the the corners, you know, the guys, the guys who run routes and the guys who cover them, mm. you know, because we know how good of Xavier Howard is. We know how good Byron Jones is. Nick Needham is really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, it's, and they added you know, Keon Crossan who has some good tape and he's I mean, a he's physical type. He's got skins. He can, you know, he's, he can, he can play. And this um, is the year that Noah Benogany comes through. I mean, and, and Von Miller or no, sorry, Von Miller. What did I just <laughs> Baro McKinley? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> just, no, uh, um, our, uh, our safety, uh, Javon Holland. <laughs> oh, Javon. Yeah. Javon Holland yeah. should be yeah, like, like he should be a household name soon enough. Well, yeah. I mean, he's again, this is like one of those situations where you're like, Hey, this was, he and he and Jalen Phillips were both in in any given year, um, just depending on how the other rookies are all doing and stuff like that. You know, the, you could be talking about guys that were performing the way they were performing as like as like potentially being talked about in the defensive rookie of the year conversation. And so whenever you have that you, and then you have them going into their second year, it's like, oh, God you know um so and and we always have these really high expectations and for good reason so so there's that and there's the so there's those guys or there's javon holland to go with byron jones and um and and xavian howard and nick needham and so that side of the ball the guys who cover the guys who cover you know receivers um route runners and then on the offensive side of the ball how could you get beyond tyree kill and jalen waddle yeah, you know, with with Cedric Wilson and Mike Gesicki back in the, you know, Mike Gesicki being almost like pseudo wide receiver, um, you know, backing them up. Like, how could you get beyond that? It's it's really, it's like that's if it was Jalen Waddle himself, just just by himself, that you know, you'd look at his rookie year and be like, oh man, yeah, like this <laughs> could become something big, right? You know, like I talked about, I talked about how we had. Chris Chambers going from like offensive rookie of the year type of player to did he actually get offensive rookie year? I think he did. Anyway, that's going to bother me. But, um, you know, we could talk about him going from that sort of performance to second year and you get the really, the really strong expectations for that. Well, that's what, where Jalen Waddle is. Tyreek Hill is our Chris Carter. Like, okay. Chris Carter was 37. You know, like, yeah. Chris Carter. We, instead, we got like Tyreek Hill, who's still still very much in his prime, and was a better wide receiver, you know, than Chris Carter. Um, you know, you'd have to go back to Chris Carter's heyday to even compete with Tyreek Hill. I think, um, true heyday, and and so and then Cedric Wilson, Mike, Mike Kosicki. I mean, Jesus, how do you get beyond that? Yeah. How do you get beyond that? It, it, that should be. If that if that ain't the strength of the team, something's wrong. Yeah, and I think we all agree. You know, the the weakness of the team is that offensive line. But they added Teron Armstead and Connor Williams. Like, how much? You know, what what more do you want? 
at you know least I mean? they made headway. And and sometimes we, you know, I kind of scold myself on this. I, you know, like we have to fix every single, we have to make every single spot on the offensive line, you know, a, a proven pro bowl type player or something like that. And, and it's, it's not realistic. And at, at some point you're going to have to roll the dice and, and it's going to have to come up. And at some <laughs> point, uh, you know, somebody's ball's got to drop. Liam Meikenberg yeah. has to become a player. You know what I mean? Austin sure. Jackson has to make himself useful. Something has to happen. Somebody's, you know, Solomon. No, I Kimley, wouldn't count I'm, on that. I wouldn't count on that else. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I don't know why I mentioned that, but look, you know, is there any evidence whatsoever that Greg Little exists? By the way, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Like I, I have not heard. Have you ever seen him in uniform? Him, I've never. For the, except for, I saw him in one practice. Okay. I saw. So him I know in, I that there's pre-season. an entity. There's an entity that is allegedly Greg Little. I saw him in preseason. He played. He played a preseason game. He did. <laughs> and he looked pretty good. <laughs> really? Um, well, he he's still on the right. roster, by the way. Okay, still, so that's, that's weird. So, um, so maybe he comes around. No, Anybody. I think I, I really think it's going to. I really think that we're going to have to settle on a uh, Robert Hunt move. Um, okay, that's that's right a possibility. Tackle. And maybe Solomon Kinley. You know, man. I you know I don't know. Uh, maybe my eyes don't work. Maybe the you know I don't know what the hell I was looking at. I thought Solomon Kinley played pretty well for like a five, six, seven game stretch as a rookie. I mean, it's rookie year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like there, if there's there something signs. there, then, okay. Can you bring that back? Is there anything that you can do about bringing that back or bring that out in him? Supposedly he's in yeah, really good shape. So maybe he is the guy that, that develops. Right? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, you know, certainly if anybody had to learn a lesson last year about how quickly something could get taken away from you. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean, because he was, he was, he started all year, you know, in, in his rookie year. And, and, he, you know, he was a guy, people forget, like going into that second year, we were talking about him with like promise in our voice. Yes. You know, we were not talking about him in the same way that we're talking about, for example, Liam Eikenberg and Austin Jackson mm-hmm. right now. Like with, with, even with Liam Eikenberg, he was just a rookie and he was played in a, you know, he was, he was not put in a good position. Nope. Um, and, and, but even him, we're not talking about him with like, you know, hope springing eternal in our, in our voice, you know, we don't have stars in our eyes here. We're talking about him. Like he's almost like, we're almost writing him off already. Um, and, and that was not Solomon Kinley after his rookie year. Uh, and yet from the start checking in OTAs and mini camps and stuff like that, uh, it seemed like that he was in the doghouse. Mm-hmm. And it was taken away from him so fast, and well, he so failed the, if, he failed the, his conditioning test along sure. with along with uh, I can't believe I actually forgot his name. Uh, the right tackle that they signed um, from Alabama, remember? Played for the Chargers. <laughs> the oh, hell was oh, thing? Yeah, the, the guy that was on steroids. Uh, well, allegedly, this was your guy, DJ Fluker. Yeah, DJ Fluker. There you go. This was well, your I, guy. I shouldn't man. say. How do you forget his he, name? This was your guy. <laughs> Yeah, DJ Fluker. Yeah, you shouldn't. You don't have to. Yeah, forget it. I don't have to say allegedly. Uh, he yeah, did get yeah. busted. No. He, he got suspended. Right. So, so I mean, yeah, he got suspended. <laughs> you can you can say it officially. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, how if if there's a guy that had to like you know see that the whole you fuck around you find out. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he was thing? standing next to DJ Fluker on an exercise bike. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the experience that Solomon Kenley had last year. So you know what sort of player is he? What sort of player is he? Is he the, is he the one that's just going to keep like, 
you know, ah, oh, this isn't my fault. It's poor me, you know, stuff like that. Or is he, is he gonna, you know, okay. The smallest thing can snatch this whole thing away from me. And now I have a legitimate chance here to get back on the starting lineup because he does, he does have a legitimate chance. And I think he's been working uh, first team right guard at times um, while Robert Hunt moves out to tackle. Um, he has a chance again to, to, to get it back. And it's so, it's, so it's like, and this is a new system, new coaching staff and clean slate. You gotta think, you gotta think if he's that, if he's the kind of player that's going to dig in and realize this could all get taken away because it was, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe shit and shit like that happens. That's where Jamie nails came from. Yep. This is, this is the Jamie nails origin story. Pretty you know? much. And, yes. And, and so um, I'm not saying Solomon McKinley is Jamie Nails, obviously, but. Um, Same number. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a big ugly too. Like, yeah. A, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, so what, what kind of, what kind of player he gets to, he gets to decide how he wants to approach this year. And uh, hopefully he's, he's seizing it and the dolphins, you know, reap the rewards from that. All right. So how did you like this, uh, Chris? Yeah. You know, your return, my return to the podcast, and we're pretty optimistic about this team. We really like this team, huh? Like, this team is good, huh? <laughs> we should, right? And we liked it. We liked it last year. They improved on it last year. Yeah, but they, we liked it last year as a project. Like, we like, we like this project. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like, this right. should be good eventually. And we yeah. like how it's going. But this yeah. year, we're like, oh, you know, this is, this is not good. Like well, we're ready I mean, to like put it like last year we were dating. We're ready to get married now, right? I, I mean, I just think that I just think last year the one thing that you had to say was that this offensive line could still be just an absolute tragedy. Um, and that <laughs> yeah. and that like you know, you need you need teams commonly have these these dice rolls like we had on the offensive line last year. They have these dice rolls and and they turn up, and that's what we needed. Yes, we needed we needed those dice rolls to turn up, but we all knew that there was a pretty strong possibility just based on the makeup of these players that they weren't. And then that like and that and if anything, that there was going to be like contagion and like, you know, a bunch of them are going to are going to look terrible. Um, And and so that's that was the big danger. That's what happened. Um, Now you get Teron Armstead and Connor Williams. These are significant players to try and revamp that offensive line but no it's two players it's not five um and at some player at some point you do need you do need some of these guys to pan out hopefully if you put them in the right position and and so so yeah i I did like the roster last year i thought they were capable of winning one a, a playoff game um but this roster this year i mean jesus you got you got all pros you got not just you got all pros not just pro bowlers mm-hmm. right yeah they, they added two there's a difference <laughs> yeah they added a, a first ballot hall of famer and a guy who has a shot at the hall of fame on the offensive line and both are in their primes yeah i mean they, they i mean i don't know about connor i'm not gonna say it and go no, i thought about Teron armstead and tyree kill oh I, you said okay you said you said you threw me off because you said on the offensive line i thought you were talking oh about okay both. on the offense okay. i would say on the offense yeah um yeah definitely yeah absolutely hall of fame hall of fame quality players 
and if, um, and every anybody's and gonna you know right? fact check there's me a on difference. <laughs> anybody's gonna fact check me on prime uh for offensive linemen 31 yeah prime uh, it's usually yeah. from like 31 to 34 you know uh, look, look at trent williams look what he's doing right now he's had his sure. best years past 30 so yeah. if he if he stays on the field field and we all know that but um mm-hmm. we all know all about that but yeah, I mean, but and it's not just them. I mean, Teron Armstead, yeah, he's he, he's that kind of player when he when he plays, and if he if he plays, he's going to be. And Connor Williams has has the potential as a center to to really make a difference too. Um, and then Tyree Kill, Jalen Wall, Mike Kosicki, um, you know, Chase Edmonds. Let's pretend that Raheem Mostert, like you know, he he continues his his backslide, and you know, his body can't stay healthy, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Chase Edmonds, we know what we know what kind of player he was mm-hmm. or, or he was and is. He's still in his prime. Absolutely. You know, he's not he's not going to turn out to be Matt Breda, Breda or um, or Saman Ahmed. You know, he's we know that he's a better player than that. Um, and so, you know, you got you got something there. And um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, saving Howard's an all pro. You know, Byron Jones is at least Pro Bowl level. Um, Javon Holland, what we saw out of him, like you're you're talking high expectations for Javon Holland based on yes. what we saw. Very high. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying he's there yet, but I mean the, the expectations are deserved. He's a so. he was a free safety who turned who made himself the talk of a game against the Baltimore Ravens in prime time. He essentially dominated that game single-handedly yeah. on defense. Yeah, and he did it multiple times last year. And it's just you know, so so we're talking high expect. I'm I'm yeah. I think Jalen Phillips is far more of a wild card than I think Javon Holland is. Yeah, it was Ed Reed-ish, I would yeah, say. It was. So um, so on that side of the ball, you got you got some some serious talent there. Um, you know, and and the pass the pass cover pass coverage and the the guys who are running the routes. So I mean, like this is, I don't know, man. This is this should be a good team, and if it's not, then we have every right to be disappointed. Absolutely. All right, that's gonna be it. On the way out, give me thirty seconds on Nikola Jovic. Get on record so that way when he makes the Hall of Fame, think about it. You know, when he's when he's great next year and he's winning Rookie of the Year, I could replay this. If not, <laughs> nobody will care. So. Give me 30 seconds. This is a free shot. Free shot. Okay. I would say Jovich, like the first bit that I saw of him actually playing, because I didn't know anything. I, I wasn't even paying attention to the NBA draft, to be honest. And, and then I was like, okay, let's take a look. And um, and when I got a look at him, I just I was just like, how do they know what I love like in, in players? I mean, this is this is a almost seven foot ball handler, point guard kind of guy. Uh, who has a strong three-point game, you know, very strong three-point game already. He's just turned 19 years old, like a month ago, something like that. Something mm-hmm. insane, right? He's And and everybody's like, um, well, you know, a guy like that, they're usually on radar from the time they're like 13 years old or something like that. And it's like, well, yeah, he was a water polo player <laughs> uh, when he was when he was when he was that young. Um, and so he, he couldn't be on radar. But when he did you know, when he, when he went up there and went to those, um, those games, what was the, the, uh, what was the, is it the next generation tournament uh, that they did? Yeah. Um, he, he took home the MVP easily uh, he, at the FIBA world cup. You know, he was, he was on the team with Chet Hold Holmgren, 
right? Or he was on the the um, the All Star team of the uh, the FIBA World Cup with Chet Holmgren, with Jaden Ivey, um, and guys like that, and, and guys that are going to be you know really high pick like Zach Eady and uh, Victor uh, Victor Wembanyama. Um, like he was like he was up there. He was up there on the same All Star team as these like number one top three top five type pick players right so and and he was he was as strong as any of them uh when he did get on the stage and so i just think like he's so incredibly young he's such a good ball handler for a seven footer and such a good passer and um and such a good like uh three-point shooter and and finisher at the rim going left and right i mean it's it's kind of crazy uh, it's crazy to see that kind of diverse skill set on a guy that is that big. And also I look at his frame and I'm like, I'm imagining what kind of muscle like that, that dude can pack can pack on. Cause yes. he's only, he only just turned 19 dude. <laughs> like, like seriously. Yeah. He hasn't yet. So, I doubt he's ever had a, a weightlifting regiment yet. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like, like he just he he just turned 19. Imagine the 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 muscle this this guy is going to be able to pack on. And you're like and, and it's not it's not let's hey, we're packing on muscle because he's going to be you know, he's going to be somebody's comparing him to Bam Adebayo. They're different players. Um yeah. they're very different players. This is this is like drafting this is this is more like drafting a Tyler Hero who is nearly 7 foot tall. You yeah. know, um and and so I think that I think that it's you know, Tyler Hero was a guy that, like, you, you wouldn't have known what he was unless you went back and watched his, his high school footage, right? Because what he was at Kentucky, he was, he was you know, kind of more like just spot-up shooter. Um, and, and you kind of thought of him as a role player that way. Uh, and then you go back and look at his high school and you realize, oh, wait, this guy's got ball. He's got, he's, he's got point guard mentality. He's got point guard skills. Um, and and this, is, this is what he actually is. Um, that he wants the ball in his hands a lot. He's he's not catch and shoot or anything like that. Um, I think this guy is like that too. And the more they build him up, the more they build up his muscle, the more they build up his confidence is, uh, and what knowing what he's doing. And they're going to do that slowly because Bam's ball care, ball handling was um, was built up kind of slowly too. Um, and but they're going to build that up. So and even Tyler Heroes was was built up over time. Um, they're going to build that up slowly, but when, when he starts doing that more and he starts being, uh, you know, more of a guy, um, that's handling the ball and, uh, and running the court and, and things like that, his confidence, when he's on his confidence game, it's like, it's like scary. It, it it's like legit can be scary. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, 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 I saw him, I was like, there's, there's no way, why would this guy, why would this guy last as long as he did in the draft? Like why? Yeah. And he gets Where, to train. Go that low? And he gets to train in practice against Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. So welcome to the NBA. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and he's he's going to be, you know, he, yeah, he's going to school of hard knocks, and and I get that. And already he's going off for like he's going off in summer league like twenty five points and stuff like that. He, you know, he almost we know a he's double. an offensive, yeah, almost a triple, almost a triple double. Um, you know, so we we know what kind of player uh, that um, that he can be and i just i just can't wait to see the physical growth um because bam already had those man muscles somehow (laughs) you know even though he's so so young but um but this guy doesn't quite yet but you can see it you know like you can see them the lump of clay um i so i i'd have 
I, I say all this, he's going to be traded for Kevin Durant, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, I, I really think it, no matter where he is, not, not Miami. So somewhere else, wherever he's, he's going to be a, he's going to be a guy that's actually interesting, worth watching. I, I really do think that. I think that he's like, um, what's his name? The um, this guy's name in the Chicago seven, big seven foot three point shooter that I like. Um, uh, Markinen. Markinen. Lar- Larry Markinen. Like, like think 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 of uh, Laurie Markin and uh, except like you know ball handler uh, a little bit you know faster more agile ball hand good ball handler. Um, it, you know there's there's something like that to him, and I, I just love players. It's like oh man, they're they can do it all. I think that's where the NBA, that's where you dominate in the NBA is when you have a bunch of guys that can do it all like that. Well, I asked you for 30 seconds. You gave me uh, almost four minutes. So yeah, yeah, I guess you really like Nikola Jovic. All right. Next week we get into the business of previewing training camp. We're only two weeks away from training camp. So we'll preview one side of the ball next week. Then we'll take on the other side, but till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.